You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The message tonight was born out of Acts chapter 7. In Acts 7, there's a deacon by the name of Stephen. Stephen was going to be stoned to death in chapter 7. And they're going to take his clothes and lay them at the man's feet, Saul, who when he got saved in Acts 9 on the road to Damascus, two chapters later, he became Paul, the great preacher. Stephen, as the stones fell on him, beaten out his life, well, he knew he'd soon be through with all toil and strife. And so much like the master with a voice of truth, he said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But he said, I'll tell you this, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus yonder in the promised land. Work is over, now I'm coming to thee. I see Jesus standing, waiting for me. As the stones fell on him, beating out his life, he knew he'd be through with all this toil and strife. But he said, I see Jesus. Through the gates of glory, down the streets of gold, marched the hero of the Lord into heaven's throne. I see Jesus. He got to see his Savior first of all. Stephen is before the council giving his defense why he's not guilty to die in chapter 7. In the midst of it, he begins back with Abraham, goes through all the great patriarchs, and he gets to Moses. And as he gets to Moses, he said, Moses, and then he uses a word that's not in the Old Testament, the church in the wilderness. The word church is a Greek word found in the New Testament, ekklesia, which means a called out assembly. We are a church not because we're in a church house, we are called out of this world and we've assembled ourselves together. We're a local body. The word Catholic means universal. We're not a universal church. We're a local body, a church. And we thank God Jesus gave his life for them, their church. So the word church in the Old Testament is not a Bible term for Old Testament. But it's, it's amazing. Stephen the deacon said the church in the wilderness. They were called out of Egypt. One of the problems with that, Egypt never got out of them. And we find in chapter 32, as I want to speak to you tonight on these few subjects, the subject briefly, the church, and I know it's a New Testament word referred to by Stephen, the church in the wilderness. And Exodus 32 explains to us tonight First, how the people failed. They did wrong. You know, I truly believe that, though this is the greatest church I've ever seen and witnessed in my life, the church, our churches in America have done so wrong. Uh, we have neglected our responsibility. I think we have neglected worldwide missions. Now, I know many churches give so much, and you do. I'm not chastising you. We've neglected the bus ministry. I'm sad to say we've not been running six buses. 
for many months now because I don't have six drivers that can drive them. We have 29 routes, and thank God for the many hundreds that came in today. But we have to go out on Saturday and say, we're not coming. We're not coming to your house tomorrow. That's never happened. I want to see some people at the altar tonight. Somebody, we, we spent a million and a half dollars on buses. Maybe you could drive one way on the way out in the morning or the way back home in the afternoon, but we've got to get these boys and girls and men and women. So it, it inconveniences my life. I'm trying to buy up every inconvenience for God right now that I know. If you look back on our chart the last two years, but it's always been this way, we haven't vacationed really anything. I don't want a vacation. I want to be here with you right now, and we will. We've got a special anniversary coming before the end of the year, and we're going to be gone for several weeks sometime. I don't know when or how. I've got to get through COVID. But I want you to know I don't want to be gone. I want to be with my wife, sure. But I want to do everything I can to try to reach this area for Christ. The Silicon Valley needs God. There may be one of the church open tonight, maybe two, I don't know of any, really, just one. What a shame, two million people. Nine million people in the Barrier area, and I don't know, I don't think there are five churches open tonight. I don't think it could go, I don't believe there's a church open in San Francisco, California tonight. I don't believe there's a church open in Daly City, come down the peninsula, in San Mateo, in, uh, in, in Burlingame, in, uh, in Redwood City, Sunday night. We don't need less church. So much more in Sunnyvale. There may be, I don't know of one. Mountain View. I don't know of churches that are open in Berkeley tonight. El Cerrito tonight. I know of one church open in Richmond tonight. I don't know if church is open tonight. There may be one, one, a handful of folks in the Oakland. Maybe there's more. I don't know. We've shut the door on God. It's like he's standing at the door, Revelation 3.20, at the church door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is not careless time. This is rescue the perishing right before they lapse off into eternity. We've got to do something. We've got to do more than we've ever do. We've got, we've, done, we've got to buy up the time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This no also the last days. Perilous time shall come. Savage time. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. God said they're going to have a form of godliness, but they're going to deny the power thereof. If this church doesn't continue to beam the light, what's going to beam the light in the, the Silicon Valley and the San Francisco Bay Area? And I don't suggest we're the only one, but there's very few. And consequently, our area is living like they don't need God. In the 1800s, they came to California looking for gold, and it destroyed their life. In the 1900s, they came looking for the gay 90s and it, in 1920s, and it destroyed their life. 
the hippie movement in the 1960s and before that, the 50s, the beatnik movement, and it destroyed their lives in the 60s, the Haight-Ashbury, and the 70s, the same. And then, uh, and then drugs and, and look at it. We've got, we've got government giving away needles in San Francisco for drug addicts. Why? Because there's not churches that are open preaching the word of God. We are responsible. This church in the wilderness, they, they got careless with God. In chapter 32, and I'm in the introduction, I'll get to the, the heart of it. We find out that in chapter 32, verses 1 through 9, the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. The people gathered themselves together. It's always dangerous when you begin to run your own agenda. And they broke off their golden earrings, verse number 2. And the golden earrings are verse number three. And verse number six, and when they, watch it, because I'm going to ask you to read with me in a moment. They rose up early on the morrow. They offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And here it is, the people, the people, the people ready to read. Let's read. Sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. There's no bus ministry there. And I know they're not running buses. I'm just talking about they were interested in play. They were interested in eating. They were interested in, in, in drinking. They were interested in following the pigskin up and down the, the field. They turned aside. They corrupted themselves. God said to Moses, go get thee down. They've corrupted themselves. They turned aside quickly out of the way and made, commanded, made them a molten calf. God calls them, verse 9, a stiff-necked people. God says, I want to deal with them. Moses, verse 11, besought the Lord and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people? He says, God, don't kill them. Moses is about getting ready to tell them real soon, God, kill them. And God says, no, if Moses and God ever got together, there would not be a Jewish race. When one wanted to kill them because of their sin and corruption, another said, don't do it, and vice versa. And I want you to see the change that's taking place. Their music changed. Verse 17, Moses is coming down. Verse 15 and 17, the people shouted, and they said, Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. There's racket going on. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Their singing turned to noise and racket. It was empty. There wasn't at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. There wasn't my Savior's love. There wasn't I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners. There was an amazing grace, how sweet this sound. There's not the songs and the hymns of the faith. It was racket. It was noise. We have our praise teams and praise bands and praise this, and we get rid of the choirs, and we get rid of the hymns, and it's a bunch of noise. We think it's so great, but we're just worshiping God. It's not going to produce another generation. Never has, never will. They began having noise. Let's keep the hymns and songs and spiritual songs in this church. That's why there's heart in this church. 
You learn to sing the notes. You learn to sing the harmony. That's why you hear so many of our kids coming through here. The hundreds, hundreds take instruments. They take piano and, and all these different instruments. And they learn to sing as elementary kids and carry a harmony. Harmony puts heart in a child. Racket does not. I could sing if I had time with you a song right now and prove it as you could get all four-part harmony. And you know how it sounds. It's just beautiful. It was a noise. They, they changed their music. They changed the dress. The Bible says in verse 20, they took the calf. They began to dance. And the Bible says in this text that they were naked before God. They took their clothes off. What a great sin the Bible calls it. They took their clothes off. Verse 25, Moses saw the people were naked. God's people, summer's coming. It was 82 degrees here on Friday in February. It was 79 degrees here yesterday and 77 today. I know that people peel their clothes off where it's warm weather. But I want you to know that God's people don't run around naked. Don't run around like we've not covered our bodies. I'll never, I'll never understand that at weddings. I'll never understand it. Our, our girls dress so pure here at a wedding. My wife will look online and she'll go, oh, that poor girl, we should have sent her some money to get the rest of their dress. A, a, a wedding is not your time to show your body to the world. It's your time to give your body to your husband. And you present it to your husband and vice versa. Get quiet here, but we're not going to put pull our clothes off this summer. That's what happened here. They changed their, their music and they changed their dress and they changed their worship. Verse number 20, they took a calf and made and burnt it in fire and ground it to powder. And they, 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 they began to change their worship. God says to them, consecrate yourself. And so I see you tonight by way of introduction. I won't be long now. They did it wrong. But in chapter 34, God gives them a renewed commission. You can read it for yourself. God says, you failed. But I'm going to give you a renewed commission. I want you to go with me to chapter 35. And in chapter 35, they did it right. Youth group, let's don't do it wrong. Let's do it right. Golden State Baptist College, let's don't do it wrong. Let's do it right. North Valley Baptist Church, let's not do it wrong. Let's do it right. Just keep doing it right. We don't have to be against everybody. But please allow me as your shepherd and pastor to tell you what we believe here. People may not believe what we believe here. They, they're okay. We might even see them up in heaven. I'm not suggesting that we're going to be mean to other fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But I don't want that direction. 
I love you too much. I, I, we, we had those three kids. We loved them too much to offer them sin and to buy into sin. And they never brought that in. I'm not suggesting that. In chapter number 35, we see that all of a sudden, Moses gathered the congregation of the children together and said unto them, these are the words which the Lord hath commanded that she should do them. And he talks about working six days and taking the seventh day off. And he says in verse 5, take you among you an offering of the Lord who is of a willing heart. You bring your gold, your silver, your brass, you bring your bucket. And I want you to see there's a willingness, a willingness to respond. Would you look at verse 21 of that chapter? And they came, everyone whose heart stirred them up, and everyone who the Spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle. They're going to build a tabernacle now. And, and the people all got stirred up. They all brought their bucket. They all brought their beyond offering. They said, I want to be part of this. And they said, we're not interested in, in walking naked. We're not interested in a, a new music. We're not interested in a, a new worship. We're, we're gonna, God gave us in chapter 34 a new commission, and we're going to get back to the commission God wants us to do. Notice what he says in verse 22. And they came, both men and women, as many were a willing hearted, there it is again. You see your heart was stirred in verse 21 and now a willing heart in verse number 22 and, and verse number 23, every man, they all got participating. And verse 24, they offered offering of silver and brass and, and uh, 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 buckets for buckets and cutting your hair and washing your cars and waxing your cars and food in the dining hall and Polish dogs. And they, they, they said, we're in, we're in this thing. Verse 25, and all the women... Thank God for women. This church would fail without you, godly women. All the women were wise, high-hearted. They spin their hands uh, their, with their hands, and they brought forth, and, and these ladies were involved. In verse 26, all the women whose heart, wise-hearted. And here's a heart that was stirred, and above we see the heart, and again we see the heart. Then the rulers got involved, verse 27. Gavin Newsom got involved. Roe Connor got involved. Mayor Gilmore got involved. Sarah Cody got involved. They all got involved. Said, this is the Lord's work. And the rulers brought onyx and stones and stones be set. Verse 29, the children brought, children of Israel brought willingly offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart, there it is again, was willing. You folks have done it right. You were willing all through this to stay faithful with the church project in the Philippines and now we're moving to Mexico. You've been willing with the bus ministry for 46 years, 1.5 million riders. You've been willing with getting publications out and the radio out and all that's going around the world. You've been willing with the Christian schools. You know us right now, right now, almost at this very moment, in 1977, on this day, it was a Sunday, February 13th, 1977. Our church was just a little small church, and we voted tonight. Right now, about at this time, about 10 more minutes, 7.30, will be the anniversary. 45 years ago, we voted 42 to 1. Let's begin a Christian school. Let's start a Christian school. 
That Christian school has been the feeder to this, this nation and this world as we've sent men and women out about 160, 70, 80 in full-time service, about 150, 60, 70 in this adult service tonight that grow up in our school here. And, and it's been sending people out and thank God for what it's done. That was, that was 45 years ago in 10 minutes. What a blessing. What a blessing that you would vote 25 years ago to begin a college and sacrifice for it. This week I'm going to meet with the man and his wife that built that building in 1968. I'm going to take them through that. I think the wife hasn't been through that building in 30 years. I'm so excited about showing them the building that they built. We've remodeled. And God has used that in just a few months, we'll graduate our 1,000th servant of God to the gospel ministry out of that college. To God be the glory. I can't think of one thing I've asked you to do. You didn't do it. Could you give a million and a half to buses? You did. Can you pay for debt retirement? Yes. Can we raise millions to build this building, buy this property? You did. God's hand has been on your life. Because God's people have responded a willing heart. I think of what you've done with buildings and property and beyond. Because you had a willing heart. Not only did they accept a willing spirit, but secondly, they, they worked. God wants a willing heart before you work. And look what he says in, in verse 31. And he hath filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom, understanding and knowledge and workmanship to devise curious works, to work in gold and silver and brass and the cutting of stones to set them in carved wood and make any manner of cunning work that he hath put in the heart. It's all heart. In verse 35, he hath filled with wisdom and heart to work. And two more times in that verse, you talk about work. And in verse, chapter 36, in verses well, 1, twice, he talks about work. In verse 2, about work. In verse 3, about work. In verse number 4, work, work. And you find that it's all about work, work, work. You don't sit on the sidelines. Great churches in the wilderness, they not only have a willing heart, but they have a working spirit. Keep teaching those classes. Keep running those buses. Keep, keep the prayer meetings hot. Keep, keep people coming to prayer. Keep door knocking. Keep Bible distribution. I, I would think perhaps yesterday we went over 10,000 this year already. Last year over 110,000. Getting Bibles out to this area. The year before about 50,000, 60,000 Bibles to this city. Why? Because you work. I have more I could say, but I'll let me close. Then I see the wisdom in the workmen. God always raises up. Verse 30, chapter 36. Then Beaziel and Aholiab, every wise-hearted man whom the Lord hath put wisdom and understanding to know how to work in the manner of the work for the service of the sanctuary. Every wise-hearted man, verse 2, in the heart of them that put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come. And they served and they worked. God has always raised up helpers. I asked 
Lauren this week, could you make that bulletin? I could draw things, and I drew it out where I said, could you put a big heart there? I don't know how to do this. But that happens every day of my life, people that know how to do things. I, I had to have Brother Cooper talk about how to give tonight online. I don't know how to say that. I heard Brother Moyer in the radio room on Friday. We were down there, and a couple of the guys here, and they were all talking about computer terms. They, they, they were talking about how we're going to do this on the broadcast today. And I just sat there dumbfounded. I said, you guys sound like John talking. I, I don't know what you're talking. I have no idea. And they were giving numbers off and things off and, and codes off. And I thought, you guys are strange. Because they know something about computers I have no idea and live streaming IT and all that stuff. I'm a president of a college and I'm ashamed to tell you I tried to rehearse this last week the eight parts of speech and I know, you know, verb, noun, adverb, I, I know that. Four of them. <laughs> and so in my life there's four parts of speech. But you don't pass the entrance exam without knowing the eight parts of speech. But we have people that teach that in the school. I don't know. I, I, short A says, bunch of ignoramuses in here, all of us. Short A says, ah. What other things are there? Short B says what? Doesn't say anything. I don't know how to teach English. You've heard me say it before. Before I came here, I substituted, I think it was third grade, teacher was out. I substituted. I was lined up for two weeks. <laughs> it was going to be so awesome. I'm a very good school teacher. I mean, I'm talking about very good. I had my lessons plans all planned for the both weeks, two weeks. And it was going good for an hour. And basically, I used up all my material in the first hour for two weeks. I said, Lord, it's very obvious I'm not a school teacher. And if you'll just get me out of this in two weeks, I promise you I'll never try to do this again. You know, I don't have those strengths. But God sends, thanks Rob, God sends willing people to help me. There, there's, a, there's a man that, by the name of George Mueller, and he always went to God in prayer for those orphanages. And God raised up people to fund the orphanages in Bristol. God just did it. Laterno down in Texas, the big earth moving equipments in the 40s and 50s, he just gave all his money back to the work of God. Moody was walking on Wall Street when the Spirit of God came so powerfully upon his life, he hung onto a light pole and went and sought refuge in an upper room just to pray. What was he doing on Wall Street? Moody lived on Wall Street. He had the orphanages and the schools in North, Northfield, Massachusetts, but he had the college also in Chicago. And, and Moody, Moody lived on Wall Street doing what? Looking for money. I talked to Dr. Lee Robertson. I think he'd be about 120-some if he was still alive. Chattanooga. He lived on Lookout Mountain. 
And look, he lived, excuse me, on Missionary Ridge. That's where, there's a road up there, David Brainard. He lives right there. I can remember going to his house. He lived right on Lookout. Look, he lived on Missionary Ridge. And across the valley, his church was here. Tennessee Temple was there. 4,000 Bible college students. And all of that was there in the dormitories. He could see it. And then across the way was Lookout Mountain. Civil War battles were fought there in, 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 in November of 1865. There's cannons up there. There's cannonballs that you still see up there. And I said, Dr. Lee Robertson, Brother Robertson, how do I raise money? I need more money here. He said, well, you could do it the George Mueller way or you could do it the Lee Robertson way. Well, I said, George Mueller never told anybody, but he told God. He says, that's the George Mueller way. Well, what's the Lee Roberts says? I tell everybody I need money. <laughs> you know, all the great preachers that God raised up in our country always had people that God sent them to fuel the ministry. Union oil was used of God powerfully in the early 1900s, and standard oil was used of God powerfully to send missionaries around the world. William Borden was born the same year, just a few days after, before my grandfather in 1887. All my grandparents were born in 1887. He was born. He was not part of the Borden Milk, but he was part of the uh, Colorado Mining, Silver Mining Company. His dad was a multi, multi-millionaire, and he was heir to all that. You know the story. He got saved. His mother took him to hear Artie Torrey preach about 1904, 1905. And he got saved, and his life got changed. And, and Artie Torrey was preaching another meeting. He walked forward and said, I believe God wants me to be a missionary. He went off to Yale, and while he got there, he was so disappointed because Yale was a Bible college. And Yale was started as a Bible college. That's why they have the, uh, the, 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 the uh, dormitories named after great preachers of the faith. I've stood there, and I've seen those great dormitories. But he got there and there was drinking going on in campus, 1900, drinking going on, carousing, filthiness. And he began to pray for revival and God changed that school while I was there. He went after four years and left that school in a state of revival and he went to Princeton to get a master's and that was another Bible college from Presbyterians and Princeton got so wicked with drunkenness and thievery and godlessness, a Bible college. God used him in those next couple of years to stir a revival in that place. And then he said, I'm going to the mission field. His dad didn't understand it. His dad said, you're heir to all this money. His dad gave him $800,000. In 1910, somewhere around there, gave him $800,000. And within 24 hours, he gave it all to worldwide missions. $800,000. He was a 24-year-old kid when he got it. After he gave it away, he wrote, his mother later found this in his Bible, no reserves. No reserves. At age 24, on his way to China to go reach Muslims, he stopped off in Egypt. And in Egypt, he wanted to learn the language and learn how to work with Muslims. I forget exactly, I think it was eight weeks he was there. 
and he died as a 25-year-old boy. When he got to Egypt, he wrote no retreat in his Bible. He had no reserves. He had no re retreat, and right when he was dying, he wrote the third, no regrets. I wish you high schoolers and college students would remember that tonight, right in the back of your Bible. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. It's the best life. It's the only life to serve God, whether it's a layman or a preacher of the gospel. Get in this thing. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Don't waver on God. God raised up for all my preacher friends that I've known in the past. God raised up great preacher, great friends to help them with their colleges and with their schools and with their church and with their missions. God's done the same thing here. I can't help but think God's people are posturing yourself to see showers of blessing like you've never seen. What that's going to come testing in trial, I know it. But we cannot let this generation die without a church. The church in the wilderness did it wrong, but they eventually did it right. I'm in. I'm in this church. I'm in, I'm in the ministry. I don't know what the future holds, but I, I'm in. I want to die with my boots on, serving God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.